Welcome to another podcast by InsideCarolina.com, the independent voice of UNC sports. Your home for Tar Heel football, basketball, and recruiting. Welcome to the Inside Carolina podcast. John Siegel here with Don Callahan for your UNC football recruiting update. Don, I hope your weekend was better than mine, man, because I was actually down in Charlotte for the basketball game yesterday, and it was not a very good time at all. Well, um, yeah, I mean, yeah, considering I stayed home, um, you know, yeah, your, yours was, mine was probably definitely better than yours. What, um, besides obviously the outcome, what was your experience like? I mean, I, I'm, I'm interested. Well, you know, Charlotte is a cool city. I went down there with my brother. We had a good time hanging out in the afternoon. And, you know, whenever you're in those pro arenas, it's just such a different feeling as opposed to a college stadium. And I think that's even the same in football, too, because a couple of times Carolina has played in Charlotte for the bowl games. I've gone to those and it, it's just a very different feel to the place. You know, uh, when you have a, an arena that's built for a college game versus one that's built for the pros. No, I, I absolutely agree. Um, and, and really, I think you could say it, as you said, for any any sport. I mean, it's it's just definitely a different feel. The stadium you know, um, it's not as intimate as, uh, you know, a, a college college stadium or arena or whatever. But, um, you know, we, we actually, we had a game plan for this for this podcast, did we not? Yeah, we did. So those who, who may not have listened last week, we went over the defensive recruits, kind of did a breakdown of the defensive recruiting board, and we had planned to do the offensive side today, Don, but news just broke literally what maybe like an an hour ago i guess if that at this yeah point. yeah yeah we're recording this on monday night so or monday evening and yeah literally right before we were about to go and record um you know hakeem beeman four-star defensive lineman from uh, just outside of richmond virginia had decommitted from north carolina and uh obviously that changed our plan so i, I just you know i'll just throw it at you first what was your reaction when you when you saw all that it's kind of like what you said in the story that's posted on the premium tar pit message board. I don't think this was exactly an unexpected development, but I think that the timing might bode a little bit better for Carolina than say if Beeman had done this next like November, you know? I mean, obviously you would have liked to keep him on the rec- on the commit list because he's a great prospect, four-star kid on the defensive line where we talked last week, Don, the staff is trying to bring in at least three guys. But in terms of just beaming, I think a lot of people were kind of reading the tea, le- the tea leaves on him. I don't think this was really that unexpected for those that were actually following his recruitment. Yeah, absolutely. And yeah, the thing is, is that a lot of other recruits have been committed to North Carolina, been co- committed to other schools and, taken visits to other schools and have still honored their commitment to that school, whether it be North Carolina or someone else. And, you know, that might have ended up being the case with Hakeem, but the right from the get go, when I would interview him, you know, basically really from, from, you know, the first time you start visiting other schools, I just never got any sort of warm and fuzzy feelings from him towards North Carolina and um, it was definitely kind of a red flag. And I felt like once schools offered him, something probably was going to happen. But he actually 
didn't decommit right away when, when the offers are coming in. And he, he had some big time ones, Alabama, uh, Penn State, Virginia Tech, that started to come in. Now, really, the red flag that, that really kind of came to us, though, was last week we were planning on going by his school to do a all-location feature on him. And also kind of getting a better understanding of what's going on. Maybe I was misinterpreting stuff, obviously, in hindsight. I was not. And I actually had it set up with the coach. And then um, the coach responded later that afternoon and said, hey, we're going to have to cancel um, Akeem's, you know, doesn't want to do any interviews, which I thought was odd considering he's committed to North Carolina. You know, I'm, I'm a reporter that covers the school. Uh, it's the first time that has ever happened to me, it, whether it's a commit, non-commit, um, whatever. So, um, the coach did offer to talk to me over the phone. He didn't really have a great explanation, which I felt was even stranger. Although the coach is a new coach. Um, he actually has not been he he's coached in college, but hasn't coached the past couple of years and was now just recently hired at uh, bird high school, but was not yet working at the school yet. So he doesn't interact with Hakeem as much as a, a typical high school coach. So I kind of understood why he wouldn't have so much information, but just the whole situation seemed kind of odd. And I kind of felt like, okay, maybe this is a sign of something to come. And sure enough, Monday he tweets out that he is no longer committed to North Carolina. So where does North Carolina go after losing the four-star defensive commit in Hakeem Beeman? Well, you know, fortunately for North Carolina, it doesn't really have to necessarily go anywhere because so early in the process that there's a lot of open doors. And if you're going to have a kid decommit, this is probably the time that you're going to want him to decommit because you don't have to, you know, you're starting from scratch with a lot of these kids already. So so it's not going to matter. In addition to that, the staff really was kind of like, okay, for a defensive line, as we talked about last week, they want to add three defensive linemen, and then they're looking in-state. And this is a really, really good in-state defensive line class. And now North Carolina is known for producing great defensive linemen. So I don't know. I'd have to look back, but I don't know if the state has produced as many. And North Carolina has offered five, which is a lot for one position in-state. But there's probably five more that the staff could offer. You know, I did a story last week on a kid, Terrell Dawkins, that North Carolina could easily offer. He has offers from Florida and Tennessee and, and, and a couple of other schools. And North Carolina likes them, but you have these five other defensive linemen in-state that North Carolina likes just a little bit more. And so I think what you're going to see is UNC kind of sticking to that game plan with focusing on those five defense linemen. Those are, let me see if I can name them off the top of my head, CJ Clark, Joshua Harris, Christian Rory, Savion Jackson, and Jaden McKenzie. And all five of those have been offered, and all five of those have visited North Carolina at least once this offseason. C.J. Clark has made a couple of visits. Joshua Harris has made a couple of visits. And then uh, Savion Jackson actually just visited a couple of weeks ago, and Coach Thigpen has really kind of got on him and, and really has put North Carolina in a positive direction with him. So things are looking good. If this would have happened in November, as you mentioned, or December, then it would have been a, a not so great situation. You would have to kind of start from scratch from someone that late in the game, which wouldn't have been good. But this, the timing, timing is really good for this. So why do you think, Don, that he did commit to the heels only to kind of go lukewarm, as you said? Was was it a case where Carolina offered him when he had yet to blow up and you know he kind of just saw the, the bright lights? Or was it something along those lines? Yeah, I think it was a situation where he, he gets an offer from North Carolina. North Carolina showed him a lot of love early on, and he kind of 
you know, kind of looked at the attention that he was receiving from other schools. It wasn't nearly as much as, as North Carolina was giving him. He looked at the fact that other schools weren't offering him, but North Carolina did. And I honestly feel like he felt like he wasn't going to get the big time offers. And so he jumped on it. And then he started to realize that these other schools liked him, but they were, they were a little bit more cautious with their approach. And they just wanted to get him on campus, want to see if he would, would travel you know, for a visit. And once he started doing that, the offers started to come out. You know, they, they started looking at his film. The other thing with him is he's played at a position. He's being recruited as a defensive lineman. Schools are saying defensive end, but he clearly is going to grow into a defensive tackle. But he's mostly played offensive line in high school. So it takes a little bit longer to evaluate a kid like that because you're projecting them for the opposite side. Um, you need to see a lot of film. You need to have all your coaches kind of on the same page with it. So that that's what took a lot of schools a long time. But credit North Carolina for discovering this kid when when they offered him. I don't think he had any stars whatsoever, eventually at three, and then was bumped up to four once he started to kind of blow up a little bit. Yeah, unfortunately, he will go down in the annals as, you know, another kid that Carolina jumped on. And then when those powerhouse schools start coming, it, it's difficult to hold on to recruits. And that's just something that historically Carolina has struggled with. Yeah, and, and it actually, that kind of pops to mind. We haven't done a ranking recently. And is it too negative to do a ranking of the top five uh, decommitments North Carolina has had in the past... 15 years uh, or so let's let's not i, I don't want to <laughs> scrape off those those old wounds don there's there's no need to pour salt into them all right all right all right we'll we'll disregard it then yeah um but hey let's take a very quick break here don this will be a little bit of a shorter podcast than usual but we do have something else to talk about which are the brand new recruiting territory assignments that story also posted earlier on today so we will wrap up this pod with that But in the meantime, we are going to take a quick commercial break. So we will be right back after this. And we are back with the Inside Carolina Football Recruiting Podcast. John Siegler here with Don Callahan. Don, to wrap up this podcast, let's talk about the recruiting territory assignments. Because with the staff overhaul that occurred over the last two months or so, it looks as if the recruiting areas have really changed and I think the biggest thing is that Coach Brewer is no longer going to be recruiting that Charlotte-Mecklenburg area. Yeah, and that really kind of, I mean, for a while there, they would, you know, North Carolina would have things set, and then a coach would leave. Then you get it reset, and then a coach would leave. And then that just constantly happened. And they thought that it had everything set. They had Thigpen, who just had arrived in January. He was going to get a portion of, of Georgia, and then he was going to get, uh, Durham and um, Wake Counties. I mean, he's going to have Northern Virginia. And then Brewer leaves. And obviously you have a huge hole in your recruiting game plan because as anyone who follows recruiting knows or North Carolina recruiting knows, Charlotte is really kind of the epicenter for North Carolina's recruiting. It's the most um, fertile recruiting grounds in the state. And if you want to win the state, you have to do well in Charlotte. And Coach Brewer, I feel like, did a really good job of establishing relationships and landing some top guys out of um, out of Charlotte. He wasn't 100%, but nobody's going to be 100%. But if you just go back and look at you know Elijah Hood and Bentley Spain, you know Miles Dorn, you know on and on and on of all these uh, Charlotte natives that Brewer was able to land, it's it's obviously an important area for North Carolina. So obviously, you put your ace recruiter in, and you know Coach Fedora believes Tommy Thigpen 
is, is going to be an ace recruiter for UNC. He, he was a very good recruiter during his prior stint, was a good recruiter at Tennessee, was a good recruiter at Auburn. So you throw him in Charlotte and uh, see what he can do. So that's the big thing. So let me just ask you, though, there were a lot of changes, not just with the new coaches, which is always interesting where they're going to recruit. And not only with Charlotte, but, you know, you want to know who's going to recruit areas of Georgia and Florida and the Tidewater area and, you know, Northern Virginia. So, um, and there were some changes among the, the, the staffers who have been on, on the coaching staff for, for a couple of years. What kind of stood out to you? What stood out to me was that the new running back coach, Robert Gillespie, is going to be recruiting the east central part of the state, which includes uh, some of the bigger ones are Johnston and Lenore counties. There's a lot of talent that come out of those two, and then especially when you look at Lee and Harnett. So that shows me that Coach Fedora really does think that Gillespie could be a one of the top-tier recruiting guys on staff. And the rest of it, I didn't really see, you know, anything that was too shocking. I mean, I think Henry Baker is listed as now recruiting the mountain area. And correct me if I'm wrong, Don, but the mountains have kind of been, you know, where they tend to put maybe the the guy who needs to kind of hone his recruiting skills. Because number one, there's not a whole lot of Division One talent that comes out, out of the mountain area of North Carolina. And number two, that area is very pro Tennessee. I mean, that's where I'm from. I, I grew up with it. So I feel that that's kind of where they put almost like the training ground guy at. Yeah. And I was going to say that despite all of that, one of my favorite people hails from the mountains of uh, North Carolina, a one and only John Siegley. But, <laughs> uh, but no, you're right. I mean, you know, the mountains just don't produce, don't consistently produce really last year. They had one guy, um, Andrew Leota. Before that, they had his brother, Pete, I mean, there's been a couple of fringe guys here and there, but really, you know, it's been a while since it's consistently produced. So you're not going to put your best recruiter in that area because you're wasting their talents. Um, I wouldn't take it as a slight for Henry Baker, although, you know, keep in mind that this is only his, this will be his second year at the uh, Power Five level recruiting. But um, with that said, you know, someone who was formerly in that area, Chad Scott, that was his area the past couple of years. I mean, he is becoming. You know, a rising star for North Carolina, and he does it very discreetly as far as you know, with the recruiting. I mean, he was very instrumental in North Carolina landing um, William Barnes and Ed Montillas, and they will tell you that. But a lot of a lot of the attention, and and it you know the credit definitely goes to Coach Cap also, but laying the foundation there was Chad Scott. And, and like I said, he he's the type that doesn't want the attention because he feels like that makes him a target. But um, he was definitely working that hard. The other guy too, Antoine Green, is one that he really worked hard, found out exactly what he needed to do, who he needed to impress in, um, you know, in Central Florida. He obviously will continue to have Central Florida, but he, and that's where he's from. He obviously has ties there. He did really well last class, as I mentioned. But they moved him from the mountains and put him in Wake and Durham counties, which outside of Charlotte, that's probably, you know, it's going to depend year to year, but that's probably one of the, the stronger areas for uh, the state of North Carolina, uh, Wake, um, I'm sorry, Durham County has um, fallen off the past couple of years, but for a while there, it was just consistently producing top end talent. So um, that's eventually going to come back. There's just too much talent in the area. Wake County has a couple guys every year, you know, and you know, really, if you th- think about it, Wake Forest, North Carolina, which is located in Wake County, 
um, with Wake Forest High School and Heritage High School. I mean, they have tons of kids. So I'm, I'm expecting Coach Scott to spend a lot of time there. So, yeah, so I mean, those that's one of the things. The other thing that I thought was interesting is that you mentioned Gillespie having what we call it the East Central Territory of North Carolina, mm-hmm. and that gives him Johnston County, which kind of sets up things strategically pretty um, pretty conveniently because you have Thigpen, who is recruiting Savion Jackson, a four-star defensive lineman out of Clayton, which is located in Johnston County. And he's and that's obviously outside of Charlotte. So Thigpen's doing that more because Jackson's such a, a top target. Obviously, yeah. Deke Adams is going to be involved in that recruit, recruitment of Savion Jackson. But now that you have Gillespie as the area recruiter, you're going to have three guys, including Gillespie, who has a who has developed a very good reputation as recruiter, you know, attacking that one kid. Now that you kind of heard that, what's uh, what's your thought on uh, North Carolina and, and its chances with uh, Savion Jackson? Well, you brought it up before I did because I was actually going to talk about him as well. I mean, I think it's an absolute necessity because Savion is one of the very top prospects in North Carolina for this year. I mean, he's on the cusp of being a potential five-star kid. And to me, if you ask me who do I want the most in state, it's probably him right now. And I know that that's even considering Quiverish Crouch, but I'm not very high on UNC's chances with Crouch. But with Savion Jackson, if you have that combination of Thigpen, Gillespie, and then like you said, even his position coach, Deke Adams, you're talking about three guys right there that can all hopefully form that really strong connection and try to pull this one in for North Carolina because, man, landing a talent like Savion Jackson would be just huge for UNC's class. Oh, absolutely. No, I agree. And I and I think that, I mean, I'm with you. You know, Crouch is the top guy in the state, but North Carolina, especially without Brewer, North without Brewer, North Carolina doesn't have a chance with Crouch, in my opinion, unless Thigpen can work some crazy magic. I mean, his, his recruitment is, is, is so crazy right now. But UNC has a, a puncher's chance with, Savion Jackson. It's playing from behind, but if you have Gillespie, Thigpen, and Deke Adams on him, UNC definitely has a chance. One other um, thing that I that gets caught my eye when I was gathering this information for the territories was Luke Pascal and some of the areas. Mm-hmm. Now he doesn't have a great area of of North Carolina. Uh, he has the Northeast, which traditionally doesn't produce a whole lot of guys. But this year it has J.R. Walker who. We've talked about it a little bit, but he's probably, even though I think we have him ranked as a four-star, I don't think he gets as much um, as much attention as that he really deserves for for the type of talent he is. And some of that is because he's playing in the middle of nowhere. And then also another guy, Shaheem Battle, who's in Rocky Mount, he falls into his area. He's a guy who who is just starting to blow up a lot. And the fact that uh, Pascal's on him is, is going to be it's going to be his, his first test. I thought it was also interesting that Pascal. It has Richmond, Virginia, and the Tidewater area, which most UNC fans would probably rank the Tidewater area for UNC as the second most important area as far as recruiting is concerned. And then on top of that, he has Southwest Georgia, which um, uh, North Carolina has had some success there. It it produces some good players, but uh, UNC has a little bit more success. I was actually more intrigued by who was going to get Gwinnett County, which is Gillespie, because Gwinnett has been one. It, it's just brimming with uh, with talent, but also North Carolina has had some success with getting those second level players who end up being really good players for UNC 
like, you know, a Trey Shaw or a Donnie Miles. And if, you know, getting second level players from Gwinnett County is, is, you know, you're getting some good players. I mean, that's, it sounds bad, but those, those players are good players and they've been good for North Carolina. Yeah, absolutely. And it's all about those relationships. And we'll finish up with this, Don. The final thing that stood out to me was that Heckendorf is going to be recruiting the Orange and Person counties. They're obviously going to have Heckendorf also be in on every quarterback recruit. But Person County is where the four-star defensive tackle Joshua Harris is at in this recruiting cycle. So the fact that Heckendorf is going to be his area recruiter, that also stood out to me. So that will be an interesting wrinkle to me to see how Heckendorf can, you know, kind of maybe make the inroads there for his position coach, Deke Adams, and maybe see if one of Gillespie or Thigpen also get involved with Harris because he is a four-star kid at that position of need. Yeah, and I think it wouldn't surprise me if if Thigpen and or Gillespie get involved. Um, you brought up the the fact that Heckendorf is recruiting quarterbacks nationwide, which I think is important, and I think that's that um, that's the way you should recruit that position because it's such an important position. And that really, I mean, he will definitely help out with Joshua Harris. But really, what you want from from Heckendorf is for him to pull in some big time quarterbacks that's what he did last class the other thing which is interesting which as far as I know I haven't seen done before I mean coach Cap has always been actively involved in all of the recruitments of offensive linemen you know case in point what I mentioned earlier about um, William Barnes I mean the only reason why he's involved with William Barnes because because coach Cap has never had underneath North Carolina he's never had a territory in Florida is because William Barnes is a four-star offensive lineman so during prior years coach Cap has had an area of Georgia. Now he will have no outside area, outside the state areas. Instead, he will just, just like Heckendorf, he will recruit offensive linemen nationwide. And I think it's going to be interesting, interesting to see how that um, helps him land top, uh, top offensive linemen. Yeah. And, and coach cap really has improved his recruiting in recent years, in my opinion, So we'll see if he is able to keep on reeling in these four-star kids. But we will go ahead and end this one, Don. Look, we will aim to do our offensive recruiting board breakdown next week. So unless if some other breaking news happens, that will be the plan. And in the meantime, we'll keep on brainstorming so we can do some of these rankings that you so love to do, man. Yeah, and if anybody has a rankings idea, tweet me at... Don Callahan, I see with your idea. I'd love to hear it. Or message me or John on the, on the message board um, and let us know because uh, we are just we're plumb dry with that. But I know, I know that we need to wrap this up because uh, John is is beat. He he got yeah. mentally, physically, spiritually, you name it. John got beat up last night, so we need him to get some rest. I know. Thanks, Don. I really appreciate it. But we will go ahead and sign off. We'll talk with everyone again later on. So thanks again for everyone here at Inside Carolina. Thanks for listening to InsideCarolina.com, the independent voice of UNC sports, your home for Tar Heel football, basketball, and recruiting.